If y'all would, please open up with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. You'll find Bibles in front of you if you do not have one. Uh, As I always um, make mention for those, especially who are visiting, if you don't have a Bible at home, these Bibles are yours. Just let me know when you leave so we can put another one back. Uh, uh, Feel free to take uh, God's holy and true word, especially if you do not have one. Matthew chapter 2 is where we go today. And... uh, I mentioned that this is a unique worship service. Many of you thought that I was talking about the music, but uh, actually the unique part is that uh, I was asked, due to the length of the singing, uh, to uh, have a shorter sermon. And so that was the unique part, right? (laughs) Y'all think. Uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I hope. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, We have been in a a sermon series. For those of you who are with us, but uh, perhaps, uh, as God might have it, for one Sunday, uh, we've been in a short Advent series on specific words. And and we've been uh, uh, taking these words from, from definition and feeling, which is what the world loves. They, the world... Uh, No matter where you might find yourself, loves definitions. Well, what does it mean? And feelings. How does it make you feel? Usually the two feelings that sell the most are happiness and misery. I don't know why, but that's what sells, okay? Uh, There's some other things that sells too, and y'all know what I'm talking about. And so definition and feeling. But but we're going to take those and and we're going to move it to definite experience. Because as we look in the scriptures, as we look to see what God has for us, yes, there are definitions. It would be silly if we acted like there aren't. Yes, there are feelings. Again, it would be silly to try to totally remove them. However, when it comes to our spiritual well-being, that which is provided to us from God in his word, it's actually much closer to definite experience. And so when we come to a word like joy, surely we're thinking about the feeling, right? I have a feeling of joy. But I don't believe that if we look spiritually at God's word, that that gets us there. Neither would a mere definition. And recall with me, before we pray, read God's word, that even the atheist, the hater of God, can define the words found here in scripture and elsewhere. Definitions can never save us. Even the atheist of God, uh, the atheist rather, the the hater of God could be moved by a marvelous work that's been played out. It's incredible. And if you're a a music person, uh, I, I dabble, I'm a novice, a beginner at best, and yet as you grow in your understanding of music, you grow in your appreciation for true masterpieces. And you can be moved in feeling. But there is something more for the Christian, a foundation. And so as we come to God's word here, just one verse, Matthew chapter 2 verse 10, the main point is this. Spiritually speaking, joy is not a feeling, but it is something much deeper, a foundation that God has given us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray and we will read this Bible verse. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your word your true word that you have preserved for us for thousands upon thousands of years. Lord, only you could do such a thing. And you've done it for our good, for your glory. And so God, may may we see what it is you have for us in your word. 
Yes, it may be briefer, but Lord, your spirit doesn't need much time to pierce our hearts, to cleave bone and marrow. So God, would you do it? Oh, Holy Spirit, wield your word in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. Speaking of the Magi. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God, it, it remains, it stands forever. Thanks be to God. Now remember our main point that spiritually speaking, joy is not a feeling, but, but it's something much deeper. It's a, it's a foundation given to us by the Lord Jesus himself. And, and there are two points that I think will help us get there to, to begin to contemplate, to begin to pray, to begin to orient ourselves, not as the world would have us, but as the Lord would have us. The first is that joy is necessarily content-oriented. And then secondly, joy is worship attached. So let's begin with this first point very quickly. Uh, joy is content-oriented. And, and a question might help us in this. When did the magi, or what we call usually in the English the wise men, when, when did the magi rejoice in our passage here in Matthew? When, when they saw the star... They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, but this wasn't the first time that they had beheld the star. They, they had traveled a long ways, actually, from the east, if you are to read. And depending on, on the, uh, you know, what we take historically, it could be a very long ways. And, and so here we see that, that when they see it, they're rejoicing, but, but when? Verse 9, after listening to the king, not then, they went on their way, not then, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose, not then, went before them, still not yet, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And then, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Uh, joy is content Oriented. In other words, it's not the star, it's not the light, it's not, the, it's not the, the important people like the king or the king's wise men. It's not the wise men who had traveled in their distance. It's not the camels. It's not the loaded down camels with gold and frankincense and myrrh. It's not the tradition that they have carried, perhaps since the time of Daniel himself. No, it's none of those things. It's Jesus. The content of their joy when, when all of these things are coalescing. It's not a feeling. It's something beyond. It's foundational. As this star rests over this home and they're thinking, this is it. The content, the person that we've been seeking we're going to come back to that, though. Our second point is that not only is joy content-oriented, it's also worship-attached. And another question will help us get there. What did they do with their joy? They rejoiced. They saw where it was. And what comes next? And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him course opening treasures and the like. They worshipped 
him. Joy is, is necessarily leading us towards something. And, and again, if we're, if we're not there yet, I think if we transition this into the next part of this short homily, the concluding part, we'll get there very easily. Because there is a danger and a delight to joy. And the danger is this. We are joy seekers. We are joy seekers. And that means that we are content seekers. And that also means that we are worshipers of something. We as created humans, after the Lord's image, corrupted now, so not always having our eyes on God, but we are putting our eyes on something. And this is where the definitions and the feelings can be so dangerous as, as the world tugs and pulls even at Christmas time. When do all the retailers make all the money? And is it really so Christians can give in the name of the Lord Jesus? What brings you joy? What excites you? And are you falling into the feeling category, into the definition category where you think, I know every stat of my favorite, dare I say it, football team, right? Or sports in general, right? Or music, perhaps. What is it? What is the content that, that, that just gets you up and stirs you into motion and action and being? It can be bad, terrible, addictions, things that we know are wrong. It can also be good. What is your content? Is it family? But if your family is what brings you joy, will it last? Is it the foundation you need to provide and move forward on? No matter what, we are joy seekers. That's a danger. And what is it for you? But it's also a delight. Because finding foundational joy in Jesus changes everything. The wise men, the magi, the wisest in all likelihood in the land. They had gold. Gold enough to have to carry on a camel, not in their pocket. Frankincense and myrrh. These dudes were loaded. They had all the stuff. Whatever they wanted. They could get a, 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 a into the king's chambers. Think about that. If I went and knocked on the gov's mansion or the president's door, I'm not getting very far, okay? It just is what it is. But, but these magi come and by their very presence are allowed in to the highest echelon of power of the day in that place. And it, we just read right past it. They made a journey though. Because that wasn't enough. They put all those things down because that stuff wasn't enough. Their delight was found somewhere else. Their joy wasn't in the stuff. It wasn't in the presence of those people. It wasn't in themselves. They found a foundational joy in the Lord Jesus. And from that joy came everything else. I, I purposefully told the Roddies that I needed them to speak in their own words what joy was. And they fell right into my trap in the most positive of ways. Dancing. Family. 
At first glance, you might think, well, they're on the wrong side of this little sermon. But I think, and not everybody are going to be able to see them nod, that those things are actually outpouring moments. That's where we begin to feel. It's an outpouring moment, though, of a foundation that I know the family has. The Lord Jesus and the love for him. It's powerful, isn't it? And provides the opportunity for a smile that is genuine, that can transcend the suffering and the sin and the turmoil of the day. For dancing, and I bet you Moe's dancing is better than Stephen's. David danced before the ark. Genuinely. With a genuineness that comes from God himself because of a joy, a foundational joy. Something beyond mere definition and feeling, but something given by God. And so now as we come to a close, I pray that you are not in this field. The one wondering, have I felt that? I look out on many of you, and some of you I don't know as well. Some visiting, but I look out on many of our own, and I know. This world just isn't how it's supposed to be. It's really hard. Christmas is great. We celebrate Jesus' coming. But we remember chairs that are empty, too. I remember chairs that are empty. But don't we have a foundational joy given to us by God? Something that cannot be taken away. The world can try and try and try and try and yet our victory is in Christ and Christ is coming Jesus is born in Bethlehem he will grow in perfection he will not sin ever and as he goes he will call around him those he needs to continue the good news forward as he continues to proclaim the good news and lay hands revealing his power he goes in weakness and in humility to the very place he should not have gone unless he had a mission which he did and it was to die for his people to take away their sins and to give you his righteousness and when that happens, when that great exchange occurs, we sing hallelujah. We praise the heaven-born Prince of Peace. We sing all the things that we sing, genuinely moving ourselves from feeling and definition into definite experience. But, but if, you've never, if you've never gotten there, if that isn't your case, the Lord is ready and freely offering that which it is I'm speaking of. It's the good news. It's the gospel. And he gives it to you freely. And merely asks that you would cry out unto him for it. So do so. And if you are believing. And if you do have this definite experience. You are not exempt. Cry out for this anew. It is what sustains us in a world so heavy. It's easy when our eyes are closed to think that this world is all gumdrops and butterflies. But when the Lord has worked to work in our own souls, our eyes are open to the realities. And so we cry to God anew and afresh, not only every Sunday, but every day. God, please, please give me joy, that lasting foundational joy 
that blesses us all in him. Let's pray and hear some more songs. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for a foundational joy, a joy that we see most clearly exhibited in the Magi, that which is content-oriented, that which is worship-attached. May we have a foundational joy whose content is the Lord Jesus, which causes us to worship anew and afresh. Stir our hearts and minds unto you, O oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.